Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week six, day two of our study of 2 Corinthians. I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and today we're talking about 2 Corinthians 8, 8 through 9. Well, welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God? Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to know you through your word, not just more about you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. I'll be reading today from the NIV. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 8, starting in verse 8. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. That right there. That statement. I, I warned everyone yesterday that this week this might be a challenging set of passages. If you've got any baggage when it comes to people misusing money or authority, uh, their authority, their power, their position in the church, and a lot of people have baggage, a lot of people have got bad stories of how people have misused these things in church. And so starting with, I mean, this, this is going to be more than that, but starting with this phrase right here, th- this verse, um, people with baggage, this is, this is probably going to sound offensive. And I think it should. I think if you've got that kind of baggage, if you've had really negative experiences, negative encounters with pastors and leaders and people, and them stealing money, using money, running off with things, uh, you know, pushing people around, being bullies, you know, with whatever position they think they have in the church, that kind of stuff. This, it it should be offensive, right? I don't know that you're paying attention to the, the situations that have come your way if this doesn't smack as offensive. But we have to take a step back and we have to look at what is the cultural context, what's going on here, and what is Paul saying? And first off, right, we are are so accustomed saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't, judge yourself by others. You shouldn't compare yourself to others. And here is Paul right off the bat saying, I am comparing you to the Macedonians, right? You Corinthian Christians, I am comparing you, your love and your sincerity to that of the Macedonians by how you give. Holy cow, right? I mean, again, that hits different for us. Now, I think anyone who's read that throughout the history of the church, that should, I I think to some extent, that should smack us a little bit as offensive. And I like to say, and I've said this many times throughout uh, the different books that we've studied on the podcast here, that if you are not offended, when you read these books of the Bible, you read them over and over and over again, and you're never offended by anything, you've read them wrong, right? Because the the whole point of what we're doing here is, is we're walking into our sanctification, the Lord purging us of, of sinfulness and our sinful nature over and over and over again. And there's no end to that, right? There's no end to that in this life of him purging us and sanctifying us more and more. And that process of sanctification is we come into conflict with what the word of God says. 
And when we look at the word of God, it should cause offense in us because we've got sinful things going on inside of us. And that sinful stuff that's going, it should, it should reel against what the word of God says. And so we should on a regular occasion be offended by what the word of God says so that we can evaluate what's going on inside of us. And I'll tell you that this kind of stuff, it offends me. And it offends me because of my own baggage with seeing, you know, Christian, you know, televangelist type people that are milking and bilking people of millions of dollars. So they don't have to fly, you know, they don't have to fly regular passenger aircraft thing and have their own private jets and things like that. Now, listen, I have flown on a private jet several times. Uh, the first company that I worked for out of college, it had a private jet and I got to fly it several times once even by myself. Like I had, I was on a plane. I was on a private jet by myself with two pilots attending to me. It was in, I was like 25 or 24. It was insane. Uh, and, and I get it. Like those private jets are really, really cool because every time I flew on that thing, I go into the general aviation. I walk through the building, the front doors open, walk through it. The back doors open. There's no security checkpoints. There's no nothing. I walk to the plane. I get on the plane. The plane starts when I get on it and it takes off. Right. And, it, and then you land. I'll never forget this is such a, a long tangent based on just a private jet story, but I'll never forget one time I, I worked in Austin at the time. I showed up to the, I was at my office. I had to go to my office in downtown Austin, which is about 25 minutes from the airport. Um, I was at my office at my desk at seven in the morning uh, to gather some things, you know, left there, went to the airport, got to the airport 25 minutes later, got on the plane. They fired up the engines we took off. I went to New Mexico, took care of a couple of hours of business in Mexico, New Mexico, got back on the plane, flew back to Austin, and I was back at my desk in Austin, Texas at one in the afternoon. It, it's insane. So I get why people like these things. If you have the means to afford a private jet, by all means do it, but don't afford a private jet. Don't afford these kinds of luxuries based on the back of asking thousands and thousands of people that are barely making it or old people to give you the little chunks of their retirement. I mean, I think the Lord honors all of those people that are giving, but my goodness, it is detestable to me. It is detestable to me to be asking for such luxuries off of the backs of, of people that are giving and donating. So I carry that kind of baggage. So this kind of thing, this, this hits me differently than I'm sure it probably would have first century Christians, but all throughout history, I'm sure this has got to be offensive. It's like, holy cow, Paul, you're comparing their love and sincerity based off of how much they're going to give, which they haven't even given yet. My goodness, this is a strong arm tactic. And yes, it absolutely is. But this is where who we are as Christians. This is where this is, there's an important thing going on here that if we get too wrapped up in our baggage, and this is so true for me too, if I get too wrapped up in my baggage, I don't see what's going on here. And it's something that is, it's true today, as true as today as it was back in Paul's day, is I don't believe there have ever been as generous a people as Christians. And here's the thing. Christians understand by nature of who we are, we understand, we have to, 
We have to understand who we are by nature as a function of what Jesus paid for us. What Jesus gave to us, the grace, the, 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 he laid down his life. He stepped down from heaven to become a human so that he could sacrifice himself on the cross and then rise from the dead. All of these things, we don't deserve it. Understanding how undeserving we are of the salvation that we have, that is the foundational bedrock of who we are as Christians. Understanding what we deserve, an eternity of separation from God and punishment by God. That's what we deserve. And the fact that we've been extended grace through the blood of Jesus, that we won't get that, but we will get eternal reward and joy and, and presence of God, fulfillment. Nothing else makes sense to a Christian but to give freely. Nothing makes sense. How could we not when Jesus has given so freely to us? And I dare say, there has never, ever been so generous a people in human history as followers of Jesus because of that. And so Paul is, is pressing on this. And even to this day, even to this very day in the United States, Christians give more. And I, I want this to sink in because when you think about the amount of money that governments pour into aid and things like that around the world, even with all of that money, Christians still provide more financial aid to people around the world than our government. That is a, a huge thing to think about in, uh, in understand, understanding how much money the government spends on those kinds of things. We are a generous, generous people. And yes, so much of that goes to things that, depending on who you ask, may or may, may should or should not have gone to, right? Money gets misused and abused all the time, but that doesn't change who we are as a generous people. And that is what Paul is pushing on here, right? Let's continue on verse nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And there it is. There it is right there. That is the statement. I think it, it, you could make that the, the statement of Second Corinthians. You could say that's the verse of Second Corinthians summarizing the whole thing. Jesus, I mean, when, when Paul says he was rich, there is nothing to compare his, his riches to. He's God. He's in heaven. He's surrounded by everything we see in the book of Revelation and, and Ezekiel. I mean, the, it's, it's so crazy what he had and that he stepped down and for our sake became poor. Not only did he become, you know, human, not only did he suffer and die, he lived without material comforts. I dare say that no American Westerner knows the lack that Jesus chose for himself. No American Christian in 2022, or at least very few, maybe a handful of them have chosen the same kind of lack that Jesus had. I don't even know that we understand. I mean, we're talking about 2000 years ago, 
I mean, they had very few creature comforts compared to what the poorest of the poor have today in 2022. Very few creature comforts back then. And of those creature comforts, Jesus chose to lay it all down. Travel, I mean, he was a carpenter, traveled around essentially pseudo homeless for three years. So he has laid down all of those things, not even not just laying down the riches of heaven, but laying down the riches of earth as well. And Paul says, because of his poverty, we become rich forever. When we read the book of Revelation, we see the rewards that are given to the saints that are faithful, the saints that inherit eternity. It's mind-blowing what he gives to us. It's mind-blowing. The riches that we inherit in, in the age to come, when we will inhabit the new city of Jerusalem on the earth, the riches that we will inherit in, those, in that day, they are unfathomable, unfathomable. And so this is what defines us. This is one of the marked uh, defining things of a Christian is how they give. How do they give? The more you are touched by the reality of the sacrifice of Jesus, what he stepped down and gave, the more your purse strings loosen. I think that's something that we all need to think about and revisit. Even in the midst of just so many bad actors out there, Bad actors don't define us, but what Jesus did for us, that's what defines us. And that's what changes how loose we can become with that money that we've worked hard for to give to those in need. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.